0: joy to be with you and to open the word with you this morning. What a special time it is. And as you heard um, from our prayer time and, and sort of this whole service, uh, what, has, what we've been about, what we've been talking about is that we, we have a lot of people that are going through and have gone through various trials, difficulties, and, and suffering. Um, over the past week, couple of weeks, all of us in some way over the past year or so, um, and maybe you uh, individually have had some sort of suffering or trial or, or um, difficulty that you've been going through uh, over the past certain amount of time that you've been struggling with. And we acknowledge all of those things this morning. Um, that this has been a a challenging year or or, uh, whatever period of time for whatever it is that you are going through. And no matter where you are, no matter what you have been going through individually, I believe that the Lord has brought us collectively together this morning to this passage in particular for this specific time and this specific moment in his providence, Um, God has brought us to John chapter 9. And what we see in John chapter 9 and and the point of the sermon this morning is this that Jesus is sovereign over our suffering and our salvation. Jesus is sovereign over suffering and salvation. This is good news for us this morning. And what we're going to see in the course of this text this morning, we'll see a problem, we'll see an assumption. We'll see a truth, and then we'll see the purpose. We'll see the problem, we'll see an assumption, we'll see the truth, and we'll see the purpose. First, the problem found in verse 1 that we've just read of chapter 9. It says, and as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. So Jesus is walking along, and he sees a man blind from birth. He sees a man blind from birth. This is what we might call a problem, isn't it? You and I, we can all agree uh, that this is a form of suffering. This is a a tragic thing for a man to be born blind. All of us, um, I, I think we can agree on that, that being blind from birth is tragic, and we could all classify that as a type of suffering, couldn't we? What a a challenge um, for a a man to not be able to see his whole life. And he was born this way. You may have heard the phrase, the problem of evil or the problem of suffering. Many people would see something like this in the scripture, a man being born blind from birth, or we could go to to any number of of tragedies and difficulties that seemingly are random in this life that we go through. And people would see this as as a problem. This is the problem of suffering, or this is the problem of evil. What, 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 is, what is going on here? People see stuff like this, like a man being born blind, and they, they see it um, as evidence that there is not a loving God. Have you heard this before? The problem of evil, the problem of suffering, when there's, when there's difficulty that seems like there's no purpose in it, people can chalk that up and say, yeah, it's because there's not, there's not, there's not a God. He's certainly not loving, even if he is in control. Even if he is sovereign, he's certainly not loving. And if he's loving, then he's certainly not in control. Because how could a man be born blind? This is a problem. It's a pretty big intellectual hurdle for people to go through. And maybe you've gone through it yourself. When you see suffering, or maybe you have gone through some sort of difficulty or pain, maybe you're going through some sort of suffering right now, and you you're wondering, what, what, what is this? What's going on? Why, why is this happening? It's a problem. We can, we can all agree with it. We, we, you and I this morning, and, and, and all of us, as um, if we proclaim the name of Christ, if we say we're a Christian, we need to wrestle through this because this is right where people are. You and I, we, we might be in the midst of suffering, pain, difficulty, and surely there are other people in the world that are as well, and they're wondering what, it, what is that? Why? Why, are we, why am I going through such difficulty? Why am I going through so much pain? We need to work through this. Because what kind of God would let a man be born blind? Isn't that cruel for somebody to not be able to see the, the smile on their parents' faces as a kid? Isn't it cruel for somebody to, to not be able to see in their life? Um... Isn't this cruel? This is a problem. This is suffering. And this is something that just happened to this man. He didn't choose it, right? He was born this way. And again, maybe in much the same way, maybe you, somebody you love, somebody you care about has gone through some tremendous suffering or pain and maybe you find yourself in the middle of it right now. Or you can look around at the world and and, and see suffering and see pain and, and wonder why that is happening. This is a universal experience for all people because we live in a world that is broken because of sin. So what do we do with it? What do we do with this problem of a man born blind? What do we do with the problem of suffering in this life that we all endure? What do we do with it? Well, in verse 2, we see the disciples have an assumption. They have an assumption about what is going on here. Look back at verse 2 with me. So his disciples are clearly with him, and it says, And his disciples ask him, Rabbi, which means teacher, that's what they address Jesus as, Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Who sinned? Whose fault is this, that this man was born blind? The disciples have an assumption. They have an assumption about why these things are happening. In all of us, you and I, when we go through difficulty, when we go through pain, when we go through whatever amount of suffering, all of us naturally want to ask and have the question answered, why? Don't we? Don't we wonder why bad things happen to us? Or bad things happen to people that we love and care about or we look out in the world and we wonder why these difficult and painful things are happening. It's natural for us to to want an answer to this question, or to ask the question, why? Why? It's only natural. The disciples ask Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? See, the disciples have an assumption about why this happened to this man. And this is a common assumption that really everybody would have have thought at this time. So we can't be too hard on, on the disciples for asking the question, because they're thinking, surely, surely there is a logical explanation for why this man was born this way. Surely there's some way for us to rationalize um, and, and, and make logical the problem of this pain and this suffering that this man is clearly going through. It has to be a result of either his sin or his parents' sin, right? That's what the disciples are thinking. That's the assumption that they have. But this is a wrong assumption, as we'll see. We have to be careful you and I, still today, we have to be careful about making assumptions about why we go through suffering and pain in this world. We have to be careful not to assume that we can figure out or know the why behind the pain and the suffering that we have. To continually question and to beat ourselves up over the why is not healthy and it's not helpful. Maybe you have um, experienced a uh, Something like this. You can, you can get caught in this cycle of wondering why uh, this, this um, pain or this problem has happened to you. You can get caught in a, a cycle of pain and despair wondering why has this happened. And we can all get caught in and it. it's not healthy and it and it's really not helpful. Because ultimately what what we know from Scripture is that all pain and all suffering and all evil that we find in this world and that you and I go through today is ultimately a result of Adam and Eve's sin in Genesis 3. We can can chalk it up to Genesis 3, what's known as the fall, when when pain, evil, and suffering entered the world. We We can chalk it all up to that moment because of that sin all of the pain and all of the suffering that you and I go through and that we see in the world is because of that particular moment. We can chalk it all up to that moment. However, to to go beyond that and attribute any specific sin that somebody might have or something specific going on in somebody's family, to say that that suffering is a, a result of that is to go beyond the scope of what we can know and the purpose behind suffering. We don't, want to, we don't want to go too far in assuming that we can know or understand specifically the why behind somebody's pain and somebody's suffering. Now, there are passages that suggest that there is some suffering that is a direct result of sin. There are some passages that suggest that, like 1 Corinthians 11.30, people are getting sick and dying because of their sinful behavior and how they are treating uh, the Lord's Supper. As you can see, um, However, it, it seems that these in those instances, like, like um, in, in 1 Corinthians, they're, they're more clearer and uh, w- would be well understood. Because it seems we would know if we're going through suffering because of a specific sin, because, well, we, we would be trapped in that sin. It, w- it would be a, a little more clear about why pain and suffering would happen. So, suffering and pain, when you and I go through difficulties in this life... When we think about the last year and and challenges that we've faced through, it should cause us to look inward, but only for a moment. We we should look inward and say, God, is there anything in me? Will will you create in me a clean heart? Will you search my heart, like the psalmist says? Create a a, a right spirit within me. We, We should do that for a moment, but then... We have to to move on. (laughs) We should look in, ask God to reveal our sin, and and, and confess it if there is any. But then then we must move on. We can't get bogged down by the weight and the burden of the why behind our suffering. Because it can be um, absolutely debilitating for us to be caught in this cycle of suffering and wonder, why is this happening to me? We can't get caught and bogged down in it. We cannot have the assumption like the disciples that suffering is somebody's fault because ultimately Jesus is sovereign over our suffering. Jesus is sovereign over our suffering. He is in control. And again, there is so much potential for hurt and damage here at that moment in our lives when we can get caught in this cycle of despair trying to figure out why, you know, Why did my parents have to get divorced? Why did my marriage have to crumble? Why did my mom have to die? Why did my sister have to be abused? Why did I have to get cancer? Why did my baby have to die? I mean, we can go on and on about the specific issues and challenges that we all face in this life, the suffering that we go through. We cannot walk around with the burdens of these questions because they will weigh us down to a point where we can't function. So, what do we do? What do we do with it? The truth is we need the purpose behind the suffering. We need the truth behind suffering. That's what we need because there has to be a purpose, right? If everything that you and I have gone through in this life is for nothing, then what's the point? If, if God is not doing something in the midst of our suffering, then what's the point? I, I want to I know that there's something behind and underneath the suffering that I'm going through. I want to know that God is doing something through it to ultimately prove to me that he is faithful and trustworthy. Don't you? I don't want, I don't want to chalk it up and say, Ah, it's just random. I don't know. There's no point. I wanna I want to know that God is doing something in the midst of suffering. Some people may want to try and get God off the hook for allowing something, and say something like, Oh, God, um, God didn't want that to happen, you know. And what happens when we go down that route is we no longer have a sovereign God who works all things for the good of those who love him. If we try and get God off the hook. Or um If we go down that road, we're disagreeing with the Bible that testifies that what some meant for evil, God uses for good. But our common cultural assumption that you and I live in today is that suffering cannot be good. Suffering has to be bad. Suffering cannot be good. And if God is good, then he can't have anything to do with suffering. And this is not the testimony of the Bible. It's just wrong thinking, not what the Bible teaches You know, some um, branches of Christianity would say, you just need to have more faith, then you wouldn't suffer. You need to pray harder. You need to pray the right thing, then you wouldn't suffer. Listen, tell that to Job. And tell that to Paul, who, who pleaded with the Lord to remove the thorn in his side. Of course, we must have faith. And we must pray to God that he would take away our pain and suffering and bring healing. I mean, we've done that this morning. And we can, we can approach the throne of grace with confidence because of what Jesus has done. And we can ask God to bring healing, to relieve suffering in this life. Of course, we can and should because God in his infinite wisdom is pleased to use our prayers to bring about his will. It's amazing. I, and, and we can't pretend to to comprehend it or know what's going on but we know that we have a God who is sovereign over and is with you in your suffering he is not distant Um, you know I I think of like uh, oftentimes when we're going through something difficult we like to think about the light at the end of the tunnel you heard that phrase before Where, where it's almost like you know I'm going through this difficulty now, but down there at the end, I know that there's some goodness that's going to happen down there once I get through it. And certainly there is some truth behind that. God is sovereign and he does have a plan and a purpose for the suffering that we go through. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. There is some comfort to be had in that. But the true comfort is actually knowing that God is with you in the midst of the suffering. So both things are are, are true, that yes, God has a purpose in the suffering. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, if you will, but also there is tremendous comfort in knowing that God is doing something and is with you through the suffering. That's where the comfort comes from, because when I'm going through difficulty, when you're going through suffering, I I don't want to just know, hey, God's sovereign, it's all right. Yeah, that is is comforting, but I want to know that God is doing something right now, and he is. He is. There's purpose in our pain. There's purpose in our suffering. There's purpose in our sickness. He uses suffering. And after all, aren't we saved by the suffering of Jesus on the cross? God took took the ultimate suffering and actually used it for good, didn't he, in bringing about salvation for us. And so we have to Believe and confess that that God uses suffering for our good because suffering ultimately is what saved us. Jesus is suffering on the cross on your behalf. He is sovereign over it, He has a purpose in it. So, what's the truth? What's the truth? Well, the truth is found really in verse 3. We'll look at verses 3 through 7 for the truth behind this suffering. Look at verse 3 again with me. Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. There's your truth. There's your truth. Jesus goes on. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. And as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And having said these things, he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent, so, he went and washed and came back seeing. A miracle. A miracle. Remember the disciples' assumption. Who sinned? Whose fault is this? And Jesus says, no. The truth is, behind this suffering, the truth is, it is not that this man sinned or his parents, but it is that the works of God might be displayed in him. There's the truth behind your suffering, loved one. There's the truth behind your pain. It's not because, I mean, don't, don't chalk it up to anybody's in particular sin. Don't try and, you know, um, dig in and, and try and figure out what, what, what the reasoning is. There's the truth behind it. It is so that the works of God might be displayed in you, in the midst of your pain and in the midst of your suffering. That's the truth. Suffering happens so that God can work in and through the sufferer. Jesus issues quite the corrective here, doesn't he? He's like, hey, you are you're, you're thinking wrongly about suffering. Your common cultural assumption about the way you're thinking about suffering is wrong. You need to take your eyes off of the reasons why and put them on to Jesus. That he has a, a purpose in the suffering. getting bogged down in the wrong place. This man wasn't born blind because of a specific, specific sin. Jesus is saying to the disciples and he's saying to you and I today, you need a new perspective on suffering. You need to change your mind about this and don't we need this? Now I've heard people say that the main job of a pastor is to help people die well. If I'm not preparing you to die well, meaning... If I'm not preparing you to see the goodness of God in the midst of your pain and suffering, then I have failed. Because there's there's purpose in it. God is doing something in your pain and in your suffering. And today, right now, let us shift our focus off of the circumstances of our suffering and on to Jesus so we can see the purpose and the truth behind our suffering must look to Jesus. What does he want to do in and through our pain and our suffering? What does he want? He wants us to know him. He wants us to see him more clearly with our eyes of faith and he wants to work through us. He wants his works, the works of God, to be displayed through us. So what does God want in suffering? What is is Jesus doing in suffering? He wants us to know him better. He wants us to see him with our eyes of faith more clearly. And he wants to display his works through us in the midst of suffering. God is doing something. And aren't we, you and I, um, aren't we drawn to our knees more whenever we're going through difficult times? There there is nothing that will will cause um, what we might call a crisis of faith more so than whenever we go through suffering and pain in this life. And that's part of it. That's Jesus doing something, drawing us to himself when the pain and the suffering comes. Clearly this is one of the purposes of suffering. Romans 8.29 says that we are going to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Meaning we are all on the process of what's called sanctification. Meaning we're all becoming more like Jesus. And suffering is one of the tools in in God's sanctification tool belt, if you will. He uses it to make us and to form us to look more like Jesus. And again, Jesus went through the ultimate suffering. We, We are on the pattern of becoming more like him. Therefore, God would use it to make us more like Jesus. That's what God is doing in the midst of suffering. It's not necessarily fun, but it is necessary for us to become more like Christ, for us to go through pain and suffering, because we'll look more like Jesus in the end. Now, in our story today, um, Jesus heals the man born blind. He heals him. You saw, I mean... We're not going to get into it, kind of the weird thing. He spits in the mud and puts it on his eye. We're not going to get into what exactly was going on there. But the ultimate, the end is Jesus heals this man. He brings healing. Um, And I wish I could tell you that this will always be the case. I wish I could tell you that. But you know as well as I do experientially in this world because of the fallen, broken world in which we live because of sin, people still die. We still are going to go through pain and suffering in this life. I wish I could tell you that like this man in John 9, everybody is going to be healed. Now, I I, I wish that that were true. And again, um, it's not always true though. Now, we can, again, I've said this, we can and should ask God for healing. We can and should believe that God can and will heal. In his sovereignty, and his wisdom, he can use our prayers to bring about healing. But what about when he doesn't? What about when he doesn't? Bad things still happen. But we know that Jesus is still sovereign over our suffering. We can trust that he is at work even when healing doesn't come. And we can trust him ultimately. We can trust Jesus ultimately knowing that because of what he has done, there will be a day with no more pain, no more suffering, and no more tears. When he comes and makes everything right. In the meantime, between now and when Jesus makes everything new, we can suffer like Job who said, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job 121. Job 13, 15, and though he slay me, I will hope in him. Or the psalmist in Psalm 38, your arrows have sunk deep in into me, and your hand has come down on me, but for you, O oh Lord, do I wait. Or like Paul, Second Corinthians 8, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, them I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So we're going to go through pain and suffering in this life. But we can ultimately hold on to hope in Jesus, knowing that there is a purpose in it. There's a problem. Suffering. Problem of evil. The problem of suffering. What do we do with it? Well, we have an assumption. But our assumption's... Are often wrong. The truth is, it is so that God will work the works of God through the sufferer. There's a there's a purpose behind it, but the purpose behind this story in particular, the purpose behind this story in particular, is found at the end of the chapter in verses 35 through 38, where it is revealed that this whole story, the whole thing, what what Jesus is after, yes. He he is teaching us something about suffering. He's teaching us something about pain. And he's saying that this story is actually a spiritual parable. It's a spiritual parable. It's actually teaching us something about our spiritual lives. Because ultimately what happens in the end, in 35 through 38, you, you can see it says, Jesus heard that they'd cast him out. So this man that was born blind, that was healed, he goes through all this questioning, all this difficulty, all this pain. Ultimately, he gets tossed out by people because of what he says. And Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And having found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? And he answered him, who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? So at this point, get this, even though Jesus has healed the man um, of his physical blindness, he can now actually see who Jesus is. He doesn't actually see him spiritually yet. Do you see? There's something deeper and bigger and greater going on here. So the man has his physical blindness removed. Now he can actually see, but Jesus is, is now saying, um, do you believe in him who sent me? Who is it? Verse 38, oh, sorry, 37. Jesus said to him, you have seen him. And it is he who is speaking to you. Verse 38, he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. See, the purpose behind this man's suffering, his being born blind, and then the restoration of his physical sight was all so that he could actually see and believe in Jesus spiritually. It was actually all pointing to his need for his spiritual blindness to be removed. See, that's what it's all about. And that is ultimately the purpose and what it is all about for you and I today. Because what we need most in in our spiritual reality is to have the eyes of our faith opened. That's what we need because all of us are born spiritually blind. Did you know that? All of us are born spiritually blind. Like this man was born physically blind, we are all born spiritually blind. And what we need is to see Jesus, believe in him and worship him with, our, with the eyes of our faith opened. That's the, the purpose and the point behind what's really happening here. We are not able to see, you and I are. We are not able to see. We are spiritual beggars like this man was a physical beggar. We're just looking for anything until Jesus opens the eyes of our faith. Until we can see him for who he truly is and what he has done, we are spiritually blind. And what we need most is to spiritually see Jesus. That's what we need most. We need to have the eyes of our faith open so that we can see the light of the world. That's what it's about. The purpose of this man's blindness was so that he would know, believe, and worship Jesus. Yeah, it, it, was, a, it was an added bonus um, that he had his physical sight renewed. That's great. That was awesome. But that's not what he needed most. And that's not what you and I need most. What we need most is to see the light of the world with our eyes of faith. So Jesus is sovereign over our suffering. He is sovereign over salvation. And if you have never looked to Jesus with the eyes of your faith open, believed him, come to know him, and worship him, I would urge you that now would be your time. That today would be your day. That you would have the eyes of your faith open. That you would see Jesus the light of the world for who he truly is. I pray that there would be spiritual blindness removed for you this morning. And then for all of us who who maybe um, have trusted in, in Jesus to save, who are seeing with the eyes of our faith that we would be renewed in this, that we would be renewed in knowing that our suffering is so that we would see Jesus even more clearly that you and I would suffer well, that we would go through the difficulties and pains of this life that are going to come, but we would do it knowing that there is a purpose in it and that Jesus is with us through it. We can suffer well today. Jesus is sovereign over our suffering. And here's the truth, the ultimate purpose. Jesus suffered on your behalf Jesus suffered on your behalf so that you could experience a day with no more suffering. Jesus suffered on your behalf so that you could have purpose in your suffering now. Because of what Jesus has done on your behalf suffering for you on the cross you can have purpose in your suffering now. And Jesus suffered on your behalf so that you could see. So that you could see. So now see the light of the world, crucified for you, suffering on your behalf. Know him and worship him because of what he has done for you. Don't be like the Pharisees who thought that they could see, yet they were blind. What we all must do this morning, whether for the first time or all over again, we need to come to the end of ourselves, knowing that we don't have it all together. We don't have it figured out knowing that we are all blind in some areas, spiritually. We can admit our own spiritual blindness and ask Jesus to open our eyes, trust in him, obey him, and then go and proclaim the message that this man proclaimed in verse 25, where he said, One thing I do know, (laughs) though I was blind, now I see. This is the truth for you and I this morning. If we have beheld Jesus, if we would look to him on the cross, believe in him, trust in him, and worship him for what he has done, that's our testimony. Though we were born spiritually blind, there's one thing that we know. I used to be dead in my sin. I used to be blind, but now I see. And I pray that that's your testimony. And if it's not, let's make it your testimony today. And for all of us, may we worship Jesus, the light of the world who suffered on our behalf. We're going to respond in in worship in just a a moment. Um, After I pray, we're going to stand, we're going to sing, we're going to worship God for what he has done. And uh, I pray that we could leave today um, hopeful. Now, this morning didn't take away any of your suffering. It didn't take it away. But Lord willing, it gives purpose to your suffering. It gives purpose to your pain, knowing that God is doing something and he is with you in it. It is so that the works of God might be displayed in you. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the truth that we find in your word. And we praise you and we worship you ultimately because Jesus suffered on our behalf on the cross so that we could see and I pray that you would remove any spiritual blindness today. If there's anybody that, that has been thinking that they can do it on their own, that they can figure out a way in this world on their own, I pray that they would come to the end of themselves today and we would confess we can't do it. We need you to do it. We need to have our eyes opened by you, and I pray that that would happen. And Lord, may we worship you in seeing your praises and leave here different, knowing that there is purpose in our suffering because you are sovereign over it. So we praise you this morning, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by what you heard today. If you'd like more information about Champion Forest Baptist Church, our service times, or how you can get connected, visit us at championforest.org. Thanks so much, have a great day, and God bless.